You know what I love? Restaurants. You know what else I love? Food. Getting menu data online when I'm searching for a restaurant is vitally important. I think that you can increase conversions. You can help have a better customer experience if the customer is able to go online and see a menu. In fact, I'm reluctant to go to a restaurant that doesn't have a menu online. Well, MenuSync from Vendasta's Marketplace can help you with this in the United States and Canada. If your agency is selling to restaurants, this is something that you need to be considering adding to your marketing stack. So the restaurant turns on MenuSync, and now all of their menu data is synced with various sites online. 86% of consumers that were recently surveyed said they want to see what a business has to offer before making a purchase decision. And they're going to those online listing sites to make that decision. Get MenuSync today for your restaurant, hair salon, or med spa and help customers find the information that they're looking for when they're making that buying decision. This is the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Welcome to the latest edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. I was trying my hardest to get James Moore, the Chief Revenue Officer of Simplify, on this show. I saw James speak at the local online advertising conference uh, that Gordon Burrell puts on in New York last spring. I'm like, I need to have that guy as a guest in the podcast. Well, the stars aligned and we were able to get him in studio for about 20 minutes Q&A. It's two guys that love to talk. So it's going to be interesting. James Moore, he's going to cover off a couple of things. This is the guy. So you can buy Facebook ads. You can buy Google AdWords. Him and his company, Simplify, sell the rest of the internet. So we're going to find out about that. We're going to find out about what it takes to be a successful sales rep. James believes to be a successful sales rep, you need to be credible. And in order to be credible, you need to really understand and believe in your product. We'll talk more about that. It's all coming up on this edition of the Conquer Local Podcast with Chief Revenue Officer of Simplified, James Moore, next. We're here with James Moore, Chief Revenue Officer from Simplify. And James, tell us what Simplify is. I think that's the first piece we need to get out in the open. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I haven't been to Saskatoon, Canada, and I'm enjoying the cold weather. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Simplify is a programmatic platform. It's a fancy way of saying we're in the data-driven advertising space, and we work with uh, thousands of local media groups and agencies and brands to do data-driven advertising for display, mobile, native, video. Uh, We connect consumers with impressions that matter and those moments that matter. You've been in in the sales business for quite some time. Yeah, uh, that's probably a longer story than your podcast can support, but um, um, I got a degree in speech communication. I jumped into sales. My first job, I was a class ring salesman for a little company that got acquired by Jostens. I joined a company called Airborne Express, where I was in the freight business for about five years. And then I joined a little startup nobody ever heard of called CareerBuilder.com. And I opened offices for those guys over five and a half years all over the country. Uh, That got me into the advertising space. And so I've been doing this now longer than I care to admit. Well, when you and I met for the first time, it was last March in New York at uh, Gordon Burrell's uh, annual convention. And you were doing a keynote there at that. uh, And I was really impressed with the content that you were delivering to, to that group. I want to talk about making salespeople sales professionals, and I know it's something you're passionate about. You've got a, a quite a large sales organization that you work with on a daily basis, and then through your partnerships with media companies and agencies, you work with salespeople all the time. Let's talk a little bit about how you're seeing sales change in today's day and age than when you started in the space. 
You know, uh, for me, <clears throat> I've been trying to put up my finger on really the changing sales climate. And it, I think the way that I can best communicate this is that, you know, we saw the internet fundamentally change the world. We saw the internet change the way you bought music and we saw music stores disappear. We saw, uh, you know, I, I remember a day and time when we used to pass notes, but it's actually changed sales too. And the reason why it's changed sales is because it's changed buyers. We live in a world where people are used to getting the information at their fingertips on demand when they want it. So what we find is that people's tolerance uh, for communicating with people where they're not able to extract the information they need to make a decision in a rapid fashion is getting uh, shorter and shorter. Um, uh, the level of skepticism uh, that they bring to the conversation and that trust that used to exist between seller and buyer has been eroded over time because uh, you've got a lot of people selling confusing things that they don't fully understand themselves. And so uh, I just think that the sales climate has fundamentally shifted from the world we knew, which was a very consultative sale that was extremely relationship-oriented where a signature actually meant you got a sale into something completely different today. And I'm happy to articulate that more. Well, let's let's talk about, you know, I've met a number of your individuals that work in your company and that, that are, you know, under your organization. And I find them to be, you know, very smart, very articulate. Uh, they have the answers to the questions. Um, you know, true professionals. Is that something that, you know, when you're out recruiting, you're looking for? Or is it something you've been developing internally? Uh, it's a little bit of recruiting and it's a little bit of development, but I have a philosophy in my own sales organization, which is my team is not going to be able to sell anything unless they, in fact, are sold themselves. And so I don't spend a lot of time trying to teach salespeople on how to sell a product. What I find is that if you hire good talent and you sell them on the value that that product creates, uh, they're going to take that message and they're going to articulate it authentically passionately and people are going to want to buy from them. If they don't understand what they're selling, no amount of scripting, no amount of sales collateral is going to make them effective in the marketplace because they're not going to be authentic when they're communicating to people. So I spend a ton of time just trying to sell my own people on my own company, my own product. You know, you uh, unveiled a little something uh, earlier to us today, and I, I was introduced to it about a year ago when our organization started working together, and it's called Bullseye. And it's just this amazing learning platform and uh, you guys built that for a reason. I know it's something you're very passionate about. Tell us a little bit about Bullseye and, and what that's meant to your sales organization. Well, you know, digital advertising, uh, while it's not new, is relatively new to a lot of people. And uh, we work with a lot of organizations who have a lot, hired a lot of very competent uh, sales professionals who have a long history of selling things that are not digital advertising and certainly not programmatic advertising. So uh, one of the things that we had to do was um, make the content of understanding the industry, the space, the product, uh, the questions that are likely to come up, we had to make that palatable and transferable to the organizations we work with. And so building um, a web accessible portal that you can access 24 hours a day uh, with bite-sized core segments that really start at a million foot level and work their way down to a very granular level allows an organization to take a very broad sales organization, put them through the same learning experience and ensure that they've got some um, level of common understanding about the products that you're deploying in the marketplace. And just knowing that um, we're putting um, the growth of our company in the hands of those companies who are in turn growing their company and knowing that they've got competent, qualified salespeople who are going to be able to articulate what we do in this industry in a very competent and proficient way, uh, I think is central to scale 
And so it's uh, been a very important part of our business. You know, there there aren't a lot of people that that have been successful in doing what you're describing, which is channel sales. You're you're one of the organizations that have done that very well. What are, what are some of the other things you've noticed to make channel sales work properly, where you use another organization's uh, you know foot soldiers to deliver your products and services? Well, um, on the one hand, we try to be a common source of information exchange. So because uh, the industry's moving so fast and so many new solutions get hit into the marketplace, we've tried to develop a, um, a two-way conversation with our partners that allows us to have some sort of connected dialogue, either to the sellers directly or through uh, sales leadership or through a training function within that organization where on a real-time basis, monthly, they can give us feedback about the questions they're receiving in the field, the objections that they're experiencing, so that we can collect that data, uh, produce solutions against that data, talk about our own experience in overcoming those objections, and ensuring that we have that information. I think the other thing is, is that what people don't understand is that, you know, my company, like so many companies, we've got, you know, more than 50 developers working in two-week sprints, and the product, frankly, is changing all the time in order to keep up with the business, in order to meet demand, to have new targeting, to take advantage of new data, new creatives that come into the marketplace. And so you could have been trained on what it is we do a six months mo or a year ago and have very little understanding about what that product actually does today. And so um, taking something that is a legacy partnership and keeping it fresh and new by keeping people appropriately informed. Uh, through webinars, through newsletters, through trainings, uh, through web portals and things like that are essential toward keeping your product top of mind and also keeping that competency level up because it just changes. So there's this this legend in the space because you and, and uh, our organization share a number of the same partnerships. And uh, somebody said to me one day, you've got to see the Simplify QBR You've got to see it. It's amazing. Tell us about this QBR and, and you know, is it the secret sauce? <laughs> well, QBR, of course, stands for quarterly business review. Uh, we've really uh, internally been saying maybe we should just call it business review because I'm not sure how often it happens every quarter. Uh, some clients, we do them once a quarter. Sometimes we do them twice a year. But I can tell you this, that uh, our own company, because we work with um, – advertising exchanges who we are the vendors buying media from publishers and we would set through these uh, business reviews that we're getting from the people we work with and they're saying here's who you are here's how you compare against your peer set here's what you guys are doing that we think is different or unique and better than others here's where we see you lagging we saw a lot of value in that we saw an opportunity to basically take that one step further and do it across the the local media group space as an example so it's um it's great for us to be able to walk into say a large uh, tv group or a large newspaper group and say look this is what you do today would you like to know how you compare against other local media groups across a broad range or across newspaper groups only uh, would you like to understand how your usage how your performance is, how, what your average deal size is, what uh, your tactical mix is, what their go-to-market uh, strategy is an aggregate without re revealing anything too proprietary, and have a two-way conversation about how to drive more recurring revenue, more renewals, higher deal size, drive more value around the product. Um, and those have been incredibly uh, engaging um, conversations. And they're also super helpful for us because we get a front row seat at the roadmap that our partners need. What is it that they're missing? What is it that they need that we need to be developing? And so we get this regular two-way communication that we say, this is who you are. This is what you're doing in the marketplace. But they say to us, well, this is our experience and this is what we need. And can you produce this? If you can, this is the value we believe it can bring. And so it informs so much of what we do on an ongoing basis as well. Hey, Dad. 
message uh, the other day on Twitter from uh, Joanne, and she had a question. She said, uh, "This this thing, this Chief Revenue Officer title, what does it mean? It seems that it's new. What uh, you know, it is a new title, and what does Chief Revenue Officer mean to you?" Well, Chief Revenue Officer obviously is a connotation that probably means a lot of different things in a different organizations. Even you and I have had a conversation, George, about how your role differs from mine. In my world, it's uh, more of a Chief Sales Officer role than probably a Chief Revenue Officer. I think CRO is a vogue term that gets carried around in the ad tech industry that doesn't exist in other industries. Uh, but I, I'm controlling the top line revenue in this company, and if it touches top line revenue growth, then I play a part of it. And you know, and in some organizations, the CRO touches the operations or service side of the business. And and, uh, and I think that makes an awful lot of sense. In my particular company, we've separated sales from service because it's a real a separation of church and state. My job is to drive increased revenue. Our service organization's job is to drive satisfaction. Do you like us? Yes or no. Would you recommend us? Yes or no. And uh, sometimes whenever uh, that organization, if they were focused on revenue, the line between growing revenue versus growing satisfaction could, uh, could get crossed. So as it is, I'm focused on bringing business into the organization uh, and, uh, and really around the profitability of that, uh, the, the hurdle rate of that, the net recurring nature of that, uh, making sure that our sales resources, which by the way are expensive resources in any organization, just from a pure compensation and support standpoint, are being targeting the right kind of companies. They're going to net us the right kind of deals that are going to renew at the right levels. So uh, keeping the organization focused, calling on the right things, uh, doing so effectively and getting the best possible ROI for those investments is a full-time job. And uh, that's what it is for me. I've done a bunch of research, so I'm going to use some of that research right now. I hear you've got this Monday morning memo that you send out. Tell me what that thing's all about. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in that if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, you know, did it really did it really happen? And so uh, I use... Um, I use my Monday morning weekly sales update as a bit of a scorecard across uh, everything. In other words, as my organization gets bigger, what I find is that the ability to communicate anything takes time. Not everybody reads their email immediately. Some people take longer to do so. Not everybody's on Slack, which is our internal messaging system, all the time. And others are. Some people need to hear something twice. Other people only need to hear something once. So what I've done in my organization is create a reliable communication stream that says, at the bare minimum, once a week, you can count on it like an egg timer. You're going to get from me, and it's going to say, this is what is important that happened in the last week that I need to make sure that you, as a salesperson in this organization, understand that you're proficient on, and if you're not, you need to raise your hand now because moving from today forward, that's my expectation. It's also my chance to basically to report on the scorecard for the month. Here's what we signed month to date. Here's uh, the performance month to date. Here's our clients who are up. Here's our clients who are down. So if it's important to me, then it's in that email. And what I find is that people will make important what they know is important to me, and they will watch what they know I watch. So um, to me, consistency is the key with that knowing that you're going to get it without question uh, every week and knowing that if I asked for some information in the form of reporting or something from the field, I need to prove to them that I did something with that data by bringing information back to them that says, you did not bring me that reporting or data for nothing. This is how I consumed it and this is how we're using it. So we've been in this business a long time as, as salespeople and then as sales managers and business owners. And I like to ask this question of all the guests, how, you know, if, if we were to look back at uh, you know our former self when we first started in the space, what's some advice you would give to a young salesperson who's decided I'm going to be a salesperson? What's some advice you'd give to to uh, that person? You know, to me, uh, as I look back on my own success and really the people who work for me, 
Uh, I would put more stock in really truly understanding what it is I sell. I think in the past I've been known to say, give me the script, give me the collateral, as opposed to really fundamentally understanding what's happening. And uh, what I find is that it's made me incredibly effective to just be understand what I do. And I may not know what a car dealer's need is or a, or a multi-location brand's need is, but I understand my product and space better than almost anybody I'm going to talk to. I know what my solution's capable of, and I come across incredibly candid and passionate about it because I get it at a root level. So I think understanding it um, is, a, is a big part of it. And I think the other thing is that as salespeople, we tend to fall into sales routines and mentorships and a methodology of kind of the way we do business. But I think you have to recognize that times change and you're going to have to evolve as a salesperson. And so I, I think I used the example before. One of the best books I've read in the last uh, two years, and I've read a lot of books that I would say are just more of the same, but one I read that actually resonated with me was a book called Snap Selling because I thought it really articulated what's changed in the marketplace, whereas you know you used to go in and sat down with people and do this big needs analysis and collect all this data and then present. And what you find is that the buying climate's relatively short today. People are, they don't trust you enough to sit around and give you all the information you need to make the sell back to them. Uh, they want you to get to the point. They want to know what it is you do that's particularly unique and differentiated. If you can validate that, they want to make it easy to try uh, because they don't, they don't trust you till they experience you. And it's that experience, that sale after the sale where they're really deciding whether they want to buy anymore. Right. And so uh, I would just say, just understanding that the buying climate changes, how people evolve, evaluate solutions changes, and just making sure that you are uh, attuned to the environment that you are selling in and that you're not locking yourself into a style is a key to progressing uh, over the years. Well, and I, you did say something that really resonated with me. And I, you know, I've had the privilege of spending the last almost full day with you and listening to you speak to a number of people in our organization. And you know, that passion that you have for what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. I think sometimes people take that for granted that you really need to be passionate about what you're doing. Well, I think at the end of the day, you um, need to be credible and credibility is around belief. And uh, so, you know, in our world, particularly what we do, at the end of the day, we're a technology and, and you've got so many people in the advertising business uh, on the sales side who are not technology people selling a technology to buyers who are not technology people. So you got non-technical people selling a technology to non-technology people. Okay. So oftentimes it's the confused selling the confused, right? And so at the end of the day, uh, this market demands that, uh, well, let me say it to you differently. The other thing that we hear is that, you know, you have to simplify this and you really have to, you know, bring it down to a level that people understand. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not sure I completely agree because what happens is people buy stuff they don't understand all the time. People buy complexity all the time. A new TV set's come out in December and it's got the new 4D quad graphic, pixel, whatever. And that's what justifies that it's a thousand dollars more than last year's TV and people buy it even though they don't understand it. When an iPhone 8 comes out, people believe their iPhone 7 was out of date immediately and people rush to buy it. So people are buying the latest, greatest things that they don't understand all the time. So they don't mind buying complex solutions, but they want to buy it from somebody they trust that they believe understands it, gets it right, and has it in the interest of their business, which means as a seller, you've got to slow down, understand it, understand what you're selling, understand what it's really going to do, communicate it passionately. And if you do, they will buy it from you, whether they understand it or not. James, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us here in the, uh, this isn't the main studio. This is what we call the remote studio. Um, but uh, we appreciate you coming in and uh, joining us here on Conquer Local and the Conquer Local podcast. Thanks a lot.
I like surrounding myself with people who are better than me. And James Moore is a top shelf chief revenue officer. And you know what I take out of that? He doesn't communicate very often. He puts it into one memo a week. So all of his people understand that that's where they can go to see exactly what's going on in his head and uh, kind of a level set for the organization. I I took that away from uh, that presentation. The other thing that I took away from that interview is he is extremely passionate about his solution. And he believes that what he has is a fantastic thing to help businesses and to help salespeople. So, you know, that level of passion and believing in his solution was a key takeaway for me. James Moore, Chief Revenue Officer of Simplify on this week's Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leaf. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leaf. Executive producers are Brendan King and Jeff Tomlin. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Writing by Michelin Gadet. Marketing by Devin Hennig, Michael Gatioan, and Brian Larson. Produced by Joshua Baker.